Medical information obtained from our website or on the live show is not intended to be a substitute for professional care. If you have, or you suspect you might, have an illness or other medical condition, you should consult a health care provider. The opinions expressed on this radio program are not necessarily those of the sports doctor, this radio show, or their sponsors. Hey, everybody, live from Chicago. Welcome. It's the Sports Doctor. I'm DeBob Weil, a sports podiatrist, all things sports medicine, fitness, and wellness, brought to you by Global School Wear, school uniforms by Tommy Hilfiger, Lower Extremity Review, and MVP Parent Magazine, UK Health Radio, great doubleheader today, Patricia Stahl. She's a therapist in private practice. She specializes in social anxiety and anti-bullying, and she's the author of Upcoming from Loser to Legend. She'll be joining me along with returning Dr. Tony Riazzo, primary care sports medicine specialist, and it's some Bob Guider Wisdom. It's your email, Patricia Stahl. Welcome to the Sports Doctor. Well, thanks, Dr. Bob. I'm happy to be here. Give us some background on you and your specialty. Well, okay. Um, <clears throat> sorry about that. Um, I graduated from Cornell with a degree in social psychology and went on and got my master's in Texas at the University of Texas in Arlington uh, in clinical social work. So I've been in private practice with adults for about 40 years, and I was specializing with all kinds of anxiety for most of that time, agoraphobia and uh, panic disorder. Um, But the last many years, I've started specializing in social anxiety. Um, and I've found a big connection between bully, being bullied as a child and having social anxiety as an adult. So that sort of started my interest in bullying. And then when one of my sons was about, I guess, 10, uh, he started being bullied at a new school he went to by a much bigger kid. And so I personally experienced the pain of a parent whose child is being bullied so those two influences uh, directed me in the direction of getting a book together of well-known people that these kids idolize who have talked about being bullied as kids to kind of normalize the experience of being bullied for kids who are currently being bullied. Um, I think seeing that the people that they, they look up to and idolize and think were too cool to be bullied Uh, seeing that they were actually bullied can really help these kids feel less odd and weird. You know, it's interesting, Patricia, uh, for years uh, we featured childhood obesity as one of our topics on the sports doctor. Uh, Mm -hmm. And for years uh, we've had all sorts of social psychologists and other kinds of uh, mental psychiatrists and other kinds of uh, uh, social workers uh, talking about the effects, uh, whether it was in sports, whether it was in life, whatever it happened to be. Mike Buchanan, the author of Fat Boy Chronicles, that became a great movie about a young boy who grows up obese and all of these things that he has to be challenged, his family has to be challenged with. So something we really, really paid big attention to, uh, and it seems because the obesity 
If it's not number one reason in bullying with children, it's right up there, one or two with disabilities and social orientation. So it's a big topic on the, uh, on the sports doctor. Uh, who are some of the losers to the legends that uh, you oh. featured? Well, since we're talking sports, I don't think there's a sport you could mention that I don't have somebody who has talked, somebody well-known who has talked about being bullied. Drew Brees, he has a birthmark on his face, and uh, people would call him Spot. Kids would call him Spot, tell him to wipe that thing off his face. Uh, David Beckham was teased because he didn't want to go out and socialize on the weekend. He wanted to practice his soccer. Simone Biles was bullied for having a muscular body. So she would wear sweaters and jackets all year round to hide her body. Um, Even people like Kobe Bryant for having skinny legs. He was called Kermit the Frog. Muhammad Ali was bullied, believe it or not. Tom Brady was shoved into a locker because kids were so jealous of him. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal was uh, called Big Dummy and teased for his stutter. I mean, I could just go on and on. And Tiger Woods was an interesting one because his father really uh, helped him learn how to deal with bullying in a, in a way that I think is really effective. But he was bullied for stuttering and for being of mixed race. And again, yeah, it's interesting. I could, I could wow, you've got what a celebrity list oh, that is. That has to be uh, off the top. Again, extremely helpful for uh, families and or the children themselves to read some of these stories and get some tremendous um, uh, peace and quiet, some tremendous uh, enthusiasm, all of these uh, uh, other things that would seem to be so important. Is, is the book out or is it coming out? Oh, it's out. It's on Amazon. Um, yeah, I, I think the most inspirational messages are one that um, don't believe what you hear, you know, because uh, not in sports, but people like, um, oh, um, Justin Timberlake, for example, he was teased for being a bad singer. Um, and, and Lady Gaga was there was a group that actually made a Facebook group called Lady Gaga you will never be famous <laughs> um, so one, so one well, of the who would have thought right who would have exactly. thought a name like Lady Gaga in a million <laughs> years not only would be as talented she's so fantastic but with that name it was just really really <laughs> remarkable um how much attention, it seems, again, uh, we've talked about it for 20 years, again, give or take a few weeks uh, <laughs> and or longer. How much attention in, in schools, in, in the medical world, in the parenting world, is the awareness really, really growing to the point uh, that it, it, it's made a difference? It seems that we've come a long way, baby, yet, uh, you know, it's like we're treading water often. Yeah, it's it's tough. Um, it's it's still an epidemic, a national epidemic. Um, there have been a lot of attempts, and some of them, of course, help. Um, but it, it's hard to get rid of bullying, and that's why uh, my focus really is on helping the kids see. Yeah, you might get bullied, but you know, rather than trying to eliminate the bullies, help them deal one on one with the bully, and also help them you know, help their self esteem. Because one of the Great things idea. that's so important, one of the things that's so important is that the things that these kids were bullied for often become the things 
that make them into legends. So like Michael Phelps was teased for having long arms, that kind of thing. Um, so if kids can see that, what, whether they can, whether bullying is eliminated or not, if they can see that they could become someone famous just because of something that now... You know, the, uh, I remember speaking often with, again, whether it was young parents, uh, young patients, parents in so many areas, uh, and the anxiety and the difficulty, uh, you lived it, you mentioned, of uh, being a parent and feeling in so many ways, semi-helpless, what could I do to help this kid uh, yeah. What are some of the things that really make a difference and that you experience? Yeah, well, <clears throat> when my son, who's now in his 30s, was bullied, everybody was saying, well, boys will be boys. I'm sure you remember that. Boys will be <laughs> boys, or this is what girls do at this age. And kind of dismissing the problem of bullying is not too consequential, when in fact now we know that the effects are long-lasting and really debilitating. But what I did, I came up with this strategy. I don't know how I did it, out of desperation, I guess. But my son was bullied by this guy. We'll call him Buck. And uh, he was bigger than my son, and he had been at the school longer. So he used to call my son a loser. I, I unfortunately made my son get a backpack on wheels because he was small and I didn't like his carrying all those books. Well, that was a real mistake. Anyway, so this kid would kick his backpack, my son's backpack, into the woods. So one day I told my son, listen, I will give you a quarter every time Buck calls you a loser. So go to school and tell Buck that you're going to get paid every time he calls you a loser. Ah, what a great idea. Today you'd have to give him $10, I would imagine. I know. Uh, right? Inflation. You, you definitely... <laughs> Uh, have to raise the price. Everybody listening to the sports doctor. I'm Dr. Bob Wild, sports podiatrist. Go to my website, sportsdoctorradio.com. If you go over the radio shows, you go back years and years, uh, what topics you're interested in, who were the guests, listen to whatever you would like. We have thousands and thousands of followers on LinkedIn and Twitter. I can't tell you how many guests I get from there. Uh, at Twitter, a lot of great sports medicine, health and wellness information at sportsdoc. DOC Radio, uh, we're talking uh, with social anxiety therapist, uh, anti-bullying therapist, uh, Patricia Stahl. Uh, and again, you know, the effects in the world of social media, I would imagine, again, these things have been magnified dramatically, these challenges and problems, haven't they? Yeah, cyberbullying is a real problem, but it seems that still in-person bullying in school is worse, or there's more of it than there is cyberbullying. You hear more about cyberbullying lately because it's kind of a new phenomenon. But the in-person stuff is uh, is still pretty bad. Um, so what you asked me before about how to help your child, well, first of all, let me, let me just tell you that when he went to school the next day, he told his bully to, to call him a bully. I mean, to call him a loser. And uh, it took, actually, it took him a couple of days before he dared to do this, but eventually he did do that. And, uh, and the, the bully said, well, why? He said, just call me a loser. He said, why? <laughs> he said, call me a loser because my mom's going to pay me every time you call me a loser. Well, he did not want to call him a loser if, he, if my son was going to benefit from it. So he said, no, I'm not going to call you a loser. <laughs> and later that day, 
the, uh, Buck asked my son to borrow a pencil, and my son said, only if you'll call me a loser. And he wouldn't call him a loser. <clears throat> so he didn't get the pencil, and my son never got bullied by him again. <laughs> so, you know, it seems, it seems that schools try to be as helpful as possible. Uh, you know, other organizations try to be helpful. Again, whether it's, you know, again, the uh, teamwork, uh, the coach dealing with families and parents, well, maybe they don't realize you just gave some list of the best athletes in so many different sports uh, and, and a really interesting point that in many instances, uh, this kind of belittling or bullying went on to become one of the tremendous builders of the um, perseverance and or whatever it took to become a great athlete. It's uh, interesting. Well, exactly. <clears throat> the um, the message I, I kept reading over and over when I was reading about this this bullying by, by these celeb or to these celebrities was that they felt like the fact that they were bullied increased their incentive to really show the world that they were something. So they um, they worked a lot harder to become who they are than they might have because of that impetus. And they also found that um, they became more sensitive to other people. And they also found another one that was really uh, mentioned a lot was that it toughened them up so that they could deal with future problems in their lives. So that's the silver lining of being bullied, I guess. Is it 50-50? What's the rough percentage, male, female? Actually, the last thing I read showed that females are are bullied more than males, which kind of surprised me. The bullying is different. With females, uh, other girls are um, kind of excluded from the, the popular group, that rumors are started about them, that kind of thing. So it's more social bullying than it is physical or verbal or uh, like it is for boys. And I guess ages, uh, how early do you see it starting? Hopefully we won't run out of time. When you start to see the concern and feedback, someone's being bullied, it's quite early, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Elementary school, for sure. Um, and all the way up through high school. So, um, And into college sometimes. Yeah. And uh, it's so sad. But um, if kids can see that there is life after bullying, you know, this isn't going to last forever. Um, and that some of the things they're being bullied for are what make them exceptional as adults, you know, that, uh, that can really help, I think. You know, Again, social anxieties. You know, Sorry. on the other hand, the, the social anxieties, the suicide, mm -hmm. yep. uh, the extreme concerns many times besides just, um, you know, uh, problems and anxiety problems. Uh, uh, but it's great mm -hmm. to see some real awareness and uh, concentration. And you said that the, um, uh, the book is out. It's on Amazon uh, mm -hmm. from uh, uh, Losers. From Loser to Legend. legend. Is, is yeah. there a site, a website that with um, you or some of your work and or connection to, to the book? Yeah, it's from Loser to Legend book.com. From loser to legendbook.com. Did you send a copy of the book to all of these legends, Patricia Pat? <laughs> I, I sent some, um, but I haven't really heard back 
from any of them. That's that's a whole other story. <laughs> I don't think you have. I, it's it's a, a, not surprising whether or yeah. not somebody would say, "Hey, you know, I don't want anybody to know," or "I'm proud of where I came from." Anyway, fascinating well, let me just... topic. We'll definitely have to have you back, Patricia Stahl, <laughs> a therapist specializing in social anxieties. Loser to Legend. Give me the website again. From Loser to Legend dot, uh, book, sorry, book dot com. But I'll, let me From leave you with this. Go ahead quickly. Book. You know who the one person who responded was? Moose Johnston. Ah, unbelievable. Patricia yeah. Stahl, thank you. Pat, hold on. We'll be right back at the Sports Doctor. Everybody, it's Dr. Bob Weil, a sports doctor. I'm excited to announce the release of my new book, co-written with Sharky Zartman, hashtag Hey Sports Parents, an essential guide for any parent with a child in sports. You know, Sharky is a former Hall of Fame volleyball player. She's the mom of two daughters who became Division I volleyball players. Together, we have over 70 years of combined youth sports experience. Goal of the book? Give you the essential tools and guidance to make your experience as a sports parent the best it could be. Hashtag Hey Sports Parents is divided into four sections. The first section, Sports Parenting 101. Sharky talks everything about uh, parenting, about coaching, that whole uh, interaction between parents and coaches, coaching your own kid. Uh, what's the, what are the things to really pay attention to? The second section is the Sports Doctors In, yours truly. Uh, my discussion of injury prevention and treatment, choosing the best shoes, youth sports and drugs, essential exercises, the dilemma of youth football, orthotics. Third section, uh, experts speak out. We bring together eight different experts in nutrition and sports performance and mental training in all aspects of coaching in that section. The last section is the parents' perspective, some insights from about a half a dozen parents of athletes. So everyone, hey, get out your megaphone, spread the word. Now available on Amazon. Order now. You'll be more confident. So will your young athletes. Hashtag, hey, sports parents. We're back live from Chicago with the Sports Doctor. I'm Dr. Bob Wild, sports podiatrist. Got one of our favorite guests back, Dr. Tony Liazzo. He's a primary care sports medicine specialist. Dr. Liazzo, welcome back to the Sports Doctor. Thanks, Bob. It's great to be back. Give us some background on yourself in the worlds of youth sports and sports medicine. Yeah, I've been doing uh, sports medicine for well over 20 years now. Hard to believe. Feels like yesterday I just started. And uh, I've been working with athletes of all ages, everywhere from, you know, before grammar school all the way up to Olympic level. I cover many different areas of of athletics 
um, primarily football, hockey, uh, soccer, and uh, recently some rugby. You know, the role of the primary care physician um, in sports medicine, talk a little bit about uh, that. It seems to have grown dramatically, the multifaceted, almost like the quarterback, uh, pardon the pun, to be able to refer to whatever. Talk a little bit about uh, how you see uh, a primary care and, and the role in sports medicine. Yeah, um, you're right. Uh, we kind of have taken on a, a quarterback type of role. Uh, and sports medicine from the primary care realm has really evolved over the last five to ten years. Uh, we've really started to take on more of a preventative role as well. So everything from getting our athletes and even our weekend warriors ready to play, um, you know, with their pre-participation exams, uh, concussion, uh, baseline screenings, all the way through taking care of game day sideline type injuries to assisting with their rehabilitation, uh, everything up and through, hopefully not having to need surgery, but if they do, we get them prep for, help get them prepped for surgery and then help with their rehab. After you know, it's, inter- it's interesting, uh, Dr. Riazzo, a lot of people, you know, over the years, team physician is the orthopedic surgeon, the orthopedic surgeon. Reality is 95% of sports medicine ain't surgery. It's all these other areas, you know, that you were talking about uh, as far as, and, you know, prehab has become a very, very big deal. So glad to see uh, when I was first involved with the famous uh, uh, Bob Guida. Uh, in the late 70s, early 80s, and talking about uh, enhancing performance and, and talking about screening, whatever. Most of medicine didn't know how to spell those words, uh, you know, regarding, uh, you know, paying attention to uh, the athlete's flexibility, what's their foot mechanics, what kind of strengths and weaknesses do they have, uh, et cetera. And it's interesting how the primary care doctors role, like you talked about, especially the last uh, whatever, five, 10 years, the tremendous attention in the world of concussions. Um, boy, you've paid big attention to that, haven't you? Oh, exactly. So we were, we were screaming about concussion uh, management and uh, prevention of subsequent uh, concussion and even active treatments, which have evolved greatly, as you know, over the last you know, three to five years. We were talking about this long before it became Main Street. You know, thank God for the NFL. Uh, albeit they came late to the bo- late to the party with it, um, really brought out concussions uh, to the forefront. You know, with so many unfortunate pro athletes um, having you know mental issues, uh, depression. You know, unfortunately, a few um, you know deaths due to multiple concussions and things like that. Um, really brought it to the forefront. So we've been so much more able to not only prepare these, these kids for their sports, especially collision and contact sports such as hockey, football, basketball, you know, even soccer to an extent. A lot of people don't think there's a lot of head contact in soccer, but heading the ball in and of itself is a head contact. So it's really given us a lot of latitude to work with these athletes. And, you know, even weekend warriors, you know, people that used to be uh, high-level athletes or not even high-level athletes that want to get out there and, and be active on the weekends they get out and, and we're able to care for them better. But it goes further even from concussion, you know, just the management of your diabetics that are athletes, your asthmatics that are athletes. The, the field of primary care sports medicine has just exploded, and it's 
it's really exciting to be part of it. Uh, yes, I think that, you know, you're in the middle of the world of nutrition. Uh, you're also in the middle. Uh, we've been involved in the role of the foot in sports and the biomechanics uh, uh, for you and I, gosh, at least 10 years, give or take a few weeks. Uh, who knows how many times you've been on the radio. Uh, but again, we were talking about the two things everybody cares about, whether you're the coach the athlete themselves, the parents, the two things. One, can I prevent injuries? Can I stay out of trouble? Number two, can I enhance performance? Can I be a step or two quicker, jump higher, have better balance, stability, uh, uh, et cetera? And it, uh, it, it, the, the pressures of youth sports, you've been in the middle of it. When you see the Olympic level and the, the pressure, this is why when we, when we wrote the book, Hashtag Hey Sports Parents, I talked about the epidemic, Dr. Tony, of youth sports overuse injuries, both physically and mentally. I call it the mental game, but it's a big deal, the pressures on these kids at all levels, isn't it? Oh, it's absolutely a huge pressure. And, you know, somewhere along the line, you know, Bob, when you and I were kids and we would play sports, our sports were never single sports year-round. Pretty much any sport nowadays, whether it's football, baseball, gymnastics, you name the sport, um, they're playing one solitary sport all year long. And the high school coaches, even though they want their multi-sport athletes, they really still want a huge focus on their sport. So the overuse injuries have gone through the roof because these kids aren't balance training other muscle groups by cross-training and doing other sports. So, you know, we see a lot of pitchers, little leaguers' elbows are popping up, rotator cuffs in our high school athletes that are playing baseball, you know, just because of all the repetition of their body never getting a break. You know, it's interesting. interesting. Yes. It's interesting. Uh, You know, it's a chapter in my book. I call it the prodigy sports. Mm -hmm. You know, again, I've been putting orthotics and figure skates for 40 years, give it take a few weeks, including your son in, in, in hockey. Remember? Yep. And oh, absolutely. The, the, the importance of understanding also that, you know, the, when the prodigy sports, where this is what the kids want to do, the doctor tells them, the trainer tells them, the parents tell them, we want you to play other sports. They don't want to. Uh, and that's when we sometimes have to get more specific, more individual regarding the kinds of training uh, uh, and whatever. But again, even in the big time sports, let's say baseball, basketball, football, we've seen that tendency. I'm really glad you brought it up. Where again, uh, you know, with traveling teams and club teams, you know, the science of rest and recovery, you've always made a big deal about that being such a big part of any athlete's repertoire. Talk a little bit about that. Well, there, you have to give your muscles a time to relax, to, to relax and recover. You know, when you're out there and you're playing your football games on Saturdays or Fridays, depending on what level you're playing at, um, your body takes a beating. Um, granted, that's a huge collision sport, but even basketball, you're running up and down the court, you're jumping, you're cutting. If your muscles don't get a chance to recover because we break down just from simply playing our sport, then we're just going to continue to build scar tissue. Uh, over time and the elasticity of our muscles and our tendons and our ligaments starts to change. It, it doesn't have that native tissue anymore. It becomes more scar tissue and then the injury rates go way up. So 
you know, you have to have both uh, inactive and active rest where, okay, if you don't want to completely sit still, yeah, go ahead, go walk, go swim, do something that's using those muscles in a different fashion than the way that you've been practicing the last five days you know, getting ready you were, for your you're big dealing game. With Olymp- you're dealing with Olympic sports and soccer, Dr. Tony. By the time you're seeing this kid who's that good, who might be 16, 17, 18, he's doing it since he's seven years old. So, you know, the repetitive motion injuries by using, you can think of the tennis players swinging the racket a thousand times a week. And Bob Guider would say, we got to strengthen the muscles that slow that down. We, we got to oh. train the opposites. He'd make such a big deal out of uh, 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 that philosophy. Uh, but the, again, the primary care, sports medicine, big attention to nutrition, right? Correct. Yeah, you need Boy, to be changed. able. You, no, that really has not changed. I mean, it's a change and evolved for the better. But yes. you know, if you're not having your right amount of proteins, you're not overloading on the carbohydrates. You know, you're you're eating the good fats, taking your vitamin supplements. You know, staying away from the creatines that just dehydrate you. You know, all the big you know pomp and circumstance that you see on TV or you read. You know, and what you about know, sports drinks? What about all the hype on sports drinks? What are your thoughts with that? Every time you turn around, another commercial. Right. You know, sports drinks. I've always told my athletes to take on the day of a sporting event. You always want to hydrate with water uh, the day or two before because you need that the fluids in your system. But when you're out there and you're exercising, especially in the heat, you're not just sweating out water. You're sweating out sugar or you're utilizing sugar, but you're sweating out salt. So having your sports drink during your active activity um, in moderate amounts is actually good because you're putting those precious salts back in. But then after your sports are done, go back to the water. Water is so key for you. You know, it's always been an interesting uh, topic, you know, which was it's hard to beat uh, water and the challenge many times, especially when summer training. Summer does not go by without a death somewhere in youth or high school or college sports that's heat-related. It's just incredible uh, when, when you think about it that still to this day we still see these kinds of nightmares because of these uh, uh, neglecting the importance of hydration and uh, knowing if it's 114 degrees out, you know, work out indoors uh, or, right. or, uh, or cancel, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, that particular uh, uh, situation. You know, uh, the family dynamics, Dr. Tony, I always ask you this, how your sports psychology skills are. The family dynamics with coaches, parents, you're in the middle dealing with the kids and the athletes. Um, uh, how, how, have you found that uh, cooperation and awareness of the importance of communication uh, that we're um, improving? They are. It's slow, but we're, we're getting there. The coaches are becoming much more responsive. Um, I think, again, with the whole concussion epidemic, if you will, and, and the aha moments that a lot of the coaches had, um, they're really starting to listen to us more. So our relationships are building in a very positive direction with the coaches. Sometimes the families are a little bit more difficult because they may have their own aspirations for the athlete that the athlete's like, I'm just doing this for fun. 
And let's say, you know, dad wants to relive the glory days. And, you know, what's nice about family practice is I get to know the whole families. So it gives me an edge into both the psyche of the parents as well as the psyche of the athlete. And I can start to tease out how much of sometimes this overriding drive that the athlete's showing me. Is it because they have this drive or because they're getting pressure from at home for this drive? So, you know, it's interesting, interesting yeah, scholarships on the line, you know, big money. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite stories is when Evan Lysacek, the 2010 men's Olympic gold medal figure skating champion, you remember him, grew up yep. in Naperville, Illinois, still bragging about him, put him in orthotics as a 10-year-old. After the Olympics, I had his mom on the show. I said to her, Tanya, how did you know whose goal it was? She said, you know, we had ice time at 6.15 in the morning. I never had to wake him up. I said, what a great answer. We're talking with the primary care sports medicine doc, Dr. Tony Liazzo. We will be right back at the sports doc. Hey, everybody. MVP Parent Magazine is special. Evidence-based topics on all areas of youth sports. Rich Dubin, a sports dad himself, takes his three decades of publishing he just celebrated the 12th anniversary of the acclaimed LER Lower Extremity Review magazine, one of Sports Doctor's key supporters, and he pours it into MVP Parent. Factual evidence-based info on such key topics like physical and mental training, nutrition, injury awareness, treatment, recovery, and prevention. I am proud to be a contributor to MVP Parent with the Sports Doctor is in article in each issue. Go to MVPParent.com mvpparent.com. If you live in or near Aurora, Illinois, and you're into sports, fitness at any level, or your son or daughter is, you cannot forget about your feet. Your feet affect everywhere else. There are complex motions that come into play, especially in sports. Your ankles, knees, hips, and back all are affected with your foot mechanics. Uh, Come visit the office, uh, Dr. Bob. Uh, and get evaluated. Uh, check what shoes are best for you. I offer prescription orthotics, which is usually one of the major tools for treatment and prevention of foot-related ankle and leg problems. Also, enhancing performance. Step or two quicker. Call 630-898-3505 or go to sportsdoctorradio.com. We're back, everybody, live from Chicago. It's the Sports Doc. I'm Dr. Bob Weil. We're talking sports medicine. Longtime colleague. He takes his shoes off. I don't know what the date is on the bottom of his orthotics. Primary <laughs> care sports medicine, Dr. Tony Liazzo. You know, Tony, I really wanted to ask you, you know, the no pain, no gain, all of that stuff. There's a chapter in my book, hashtag, hey, sports parents, youth sports and drugs. So many kids live on over-the-counter pain meds because they're hurting, because they're overscheduled, they're trying to push through. Uh, it's a real, real problem. What's your take on the reliance of a lot of these teenagers? Uh, you know, Doc, don't you understand? If he doesn't take two Advil twice a day, his ankles are killing him. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, if, he's, if anybody is having to take chronic um, anti-inflammatory medicines, 
or even Tylenol. You know, st- you know the, the common stuff that we get over the counter, if they're having to take that every day just to it's be able to perform, then it's over the line. Yeah, you're, you're pushing too hard. If you're telling me, yeah, I'm a little sore because, you know, I, I worked a little too hard the day before, okay, no problem. Drink a little extra water, if you will, and, you know, you can push through a little something like that. But if you're having to take any sort of medication, whether it's prescription or non-prescription, just to be able to perform, you're, you're pushing too hard. Yes, and the reality is, again, it is common as the day is long, uh, with serious kids from junior high school up, traveling teams, sports clubs, Again, where there is either year-round attention, uh, we just did a feature article coming up in Low Extremity Review about all these post-gymnasts, these serious gymnasts, how they all lived on some kind of something just to stay in the game. Don't right. you understand? I'm going to be cut from the team or whatever happens to be uh, the challenge. And, uh, and the reality, again, of, of rest and, and relaxation uh, I think also some instances of um, things like massage therapy, chiropractic care, uh, physical therapy, all these things are weapons when it comes to trying to stay out of trouble uh, instead of taking medicine. True? Correct. You know, and, and I think you hit on a great point is the kinesiology of it, too. You know, the body's got to be in harmony. You know, we've talked over the years, and I can't even tell you how many athletes and patients in general I've sent to you for orthotics. My whole family, you know, we're all in them. You know, I, I tell people, if you're not balanced from the ground up, then you're just waiting to have an injury. So you, you really have to have the body in harmony, and the kinesiology behind it has to be set, um, yes. especially if you're yeah, going to be you're saying and really quick. What you're no. saying is still is all day I'm singing the song, the foot bones connected to the ankle bones, connected to the knee bone, et cetera, et cetera, to the point where I've really said to people and shared it on the show all the time, any chronic, persistent, recurrent, lower extremity problem, your back, your hips, your knees, your feet, ankle, if it's persistent, there's a foot component. Whether we've Correct. got to give you a different shoe or the role of orthotics for optimum alignment is still a secret, um, but we're making some headway. And uh, this is why it's so important that the primary care, the orthopedic community, the chiropractic community pays attention uh, to uh, the fact that if your foundation is off, you're going to have problems. And if your foundation is on, I mean, I know you, didn't we put two inches on your vertical leap, Tony, or am I wrong? <laughs> uh, you did that to my son, but I'll take credit. <laughs> ah, you know, Matt, I remember, you know, your young son playing hockey. We must have seen him. He was a seven, eight-year-old. And you mm-hmm. used to say to me, you know, they got triple headers on the weekend. You know, we mm-hmm. would talk about these crazy schedules with some of these traveling sports. Um, I still think that's a problem. Uh, uh, do we find some some intelligence in the scheduling as you see it? I see it uh, in the <laughs> in the high school athletes. It's a little bit easier because you know the even though there's an extreme um, ske- sometimes extreme schedules with the with the high school team, the communication is better, and a lot of times these kids aren't doing their travel teams anymore. You know, I think travel sports with with grammar school and middle school is a valid choice for these athletes that really want to play high school because it's so incredibly difficult to make high school teams anymore. 
But to try and say, okay, I'm going to play my high school league during the week, and then I'm going to do my travel team on the weekend, you have no downtime, you know, and uh, you really overtrain. How have you found, Tony, the last couple of months, how have you found the challenges of COVID, um, uh, which is by no means over, uh, affected the, all these areas of school sports and the interaction in your world it's been, you know, every guest I have on and whatever their vocation, wherever they are from in the world, talk about mental health and how this right. has challenged us. What's your thoughts? Well, it, it really put a damper on sports for at least the first year of COVID, uh, where most of the time these kids weren't even playing. And mentally, that really was a challenge for them because you did go from this athlete that was switched on 24-7 to now not having any outlet whatsoever, that they almost didn't know what to do. So to a certain extent, it was healthy for them to now have to kind of reinvent and rediscover themselves. And what, do I, what do I do in my off time? And the value of that off time. From a, from a physical perspective, you know, I did have a few athletes that had COVID that did have some big time complications, um, some cardiac complications. You know, I had some long-term run, or long-distance runners that couldn't barely go back to running. Now, this was before the vaccine was out. Yes. Since then, we haven't seen nearly as much. Um, but it, Tony, it I knew the time toll. would fly with you. I knew the time <laughs> would fly. I asked you one of these long-term questions. <laughs> I wanted to thank you so much for coming back. We will have you back again soon. The journey continues. Primary sports medicine doc, uh, Dr. Tony Liazzo. Where are you in Illinois, Tony? I am practicing up in Geneva with Northwestern. Right. Hold on, Tony. We'll be right back, everybody. Sports Doctor. Hey, it's Dr. Bob. School Uniforms by Tommy Hilfiger is setting a new standard within the school uniform market. More schools are understanding the value that uniforms provide, school pride and identification being one of them. Another is a well-recognized reduction of student pressure to keep up with classmates in the real world of what to wear each day to school. School Uniforms by Tommy Hilfiger provides amazing quality and value to its partner schools and families. It is truly the first brand in this market that students are excited about wearing. Go to the website, globalschoolwear.com, globalschoolwear.com. Com. Hey everybody, Dr. Bob here. LER, Lower Extremity Review Magazine, is celebrating their 10th anniversary. It's been a decade of providing key uh, clinical and practical information about concerns, conditions, and treatment solutions for the lower extremity, both sports and non-sports alike. LER is the only multidisciplinary publication for doctors of all specialties, educators, therapists, and trainers. They inform practitioners on current developments in the diagnosis, treatment, and prevention of lower extremity injuries. LER prides itself on editorial integrity and evidence-based content. Their tagline, collaborative care for better outcomes, says it all. Hey, colleagues, go to lermagazine.com. Everybody, we are back. It's the Sports Doctors In segment where we preview some upcoming guests. We give you a little Bob Guida 
wisdom, uh, the late superstar sports medicine therapist. We answer a few emails. Got some great shows coming up. Uh, Jim Ryerson will join us next week uh, and talk about uh, the whole life balance, sports, business, and uh, life. Uh, Then Joel Franco comes back. Joel will bring us up to date on a project everybody knows I'm so excited about, the upcoming documentary uh, from Chesapeake Films, uh, where our children play the challenge of youth sports. It will bring us up to date on the progress. The following week, we're going to talk concussions, hyperbaric oxygen, with returning Hillary Loftus and her uh, South Florida uh, project uh, uh, on uh, athletes and students regarding the whole world of treating early um, uh, concussions and with uh, some of our veterans. Linda Cutting, interesting topic, adopted children, sports or non-sports, some of the different relationships, challenges that families, kids themselves have in their relationships. Um, Some great topics is always coming up. Uh, Bob Guy to Wisdom. Now, I won't say Bob made famous the one-foot balance test, but whether he was seeing uh, John McEnroe, uh, another superstar, uh, uh, Jim McMahon of the Bears, McEnroe tennis, or your grandmother, uh, or you, one of the things he was doing was asking you to balance on one foot barefoot, maybe do a partial squat on each side and pay huge attention to your stability. Again, his tremendous attention to the roll of the foot and its effect on rolling in or dipping of the knee or tilting of the pelvis. Uh, So this is something that we do in screening, uh, absolutely, which is to look at somebody's balance and their stability. Again, imagine a very flat-footed individual who might be really tilting in trying to balance And many times we'll see uh, that gives us some great feedback on the possibility of orthotics, shoe changes, foot, ankle strengthening. A couple emails. Uh, Tom says, I'm a 45-year-old jogger. Give me some information about corns between the toes or hammer toes. You know, the knuckling of toes, Tom, is a common uh, foot imbalance, deformity. Uh, Sometimes we'll get hard, painful buildup of skin on top of the knuckles. Again, uh, good old American corns. Uh, sometimes we might see that those areas build up on the tip of the toe. Other times it's between the toes because of the rubbing of the bones together. Now, podiatry has been around 100 years to comfortably trim corns and calluses. You might see somebody once a month. You might see somebody every couple of months. Keep them comfortable uh, very, very successfully. Uh, In some instances, uh, getting rid of the problem involves correcting uh, the hammer toe, which is a surgical um, concern. Successful surgery, but a surgical concern. Uh, So we can usually really help somebody uh, with corns that really hurt. You can't pick or trim these things yourself. This is not something for a pedicurist. Very common podiatry really, really help, uh, and you want to pay attention to that. Sherry says, 
You know, my 14-year-old daughter is a uh, uh, solid figure skater, loves it. She's had trouble with these ingrown toenails on the one side of both big toes on and off for years. She's had a few infections. Um, what about that? You know, Sherry, you can correct ingrown toenails uh, permanently with a high, high degree of success. We've been doing it in podiatry for decades. Uh, we're a uh, edge of the toe uh, is uh, anesthetized with an overcane. Uh, Number up the ascending edge, the ingrown edge, not the whole nail. The ascending edge is removed. And very importantly, the growth cells that are present behind the cuticle, they're either um, obliterated with a, a chemocautery or uh, uh, other types of, uh, of phenol is a common chemical that's used to uh, coat them, uh, to obliterate the growth center so the ingrown nail does not grow back. It's a common office procedure. It usually is a Band-Aid uh, a day or two later. Uh, somebody might not be running and jumping for a couple of weeks, but for the most part, it, it's gold. Permanently get rid of the ingrown toenail. Unless you pay attention to the growth center, it will come back. And because the nail grows from behind the cuticle with nerves or whatever, you once this is red and inflamed, you already have uh, an infection. Uh, you're behind the eight ball. So pay attention to that. Harry says, my son is uh, uh, 15 years old. He plays hockey. Uh, his chiropractor talked about whether he had a uh, slight, maybe eighth inch left leg length uh, difference. Uh, we talked about a lift. You know, Harry, what you want to pay attention to, again, is foot mechanics. If one foot pronates more than another, and pronation is a normal motion that involves three motions in three directions, in English, it looks like the collapsing of the arch. It's not unusual to see that one arch might collapse slightly more than the other, which would give us a longer leg. So if both arches are controlled properly with orthotics, that's more effective than a lift, which is in a single plane. So you want to be able to attention. Uh, leg length differences can be anatomical where there was an old injury, a fracture or something like that that caused that bone to slightly shorten, let's assume the lower leg, for example, uh, compared to the much more common functional leg length, a pelvis rotation, pelvic tilt, and the example I just gave, which is one arch collapsing uh, more than another. So before I went into a leg lift, I would include uh, the evaluation of podiatry in order to be able to um, rule that out. We've had great success uh, with that uh, over the years. You know, Steve says, you know, you talk a lot about those two basic exercises uh, in your book. Yeah, the two basic exercises that we want to include, not to the exception of everything else, we want to include is to strengthen the feet and ankles. Rubber bands is a great way to do it. I don't care what your child's age is, what their sport is, what their level is. You be stronger their feet and ankles, the better you're going to be. Ankle injuries, again, still number one. Ankle problems. Stronger, the better. The other exercise, work balance. Stand on tilt boards. Stand on unstable surfaces. Take a look at the sand dune stepper. Go to sand dune stepper on Instagram, and you'll see this great piece of equipment to simulate being on the beach and the instability of the sand. Strengthen your feet and ankles. Work on balance and stability. See you next week. It's the Sports Doctor. Thanks, everybody.